Welcome to Inside the Vault, Enterprise Bank's podcast series where we talk about items of interest to the small business community. Today, we're going to talk with one of the longtime uh, friends of Enterprise Bank, an organization called the Progress Fund. Um, personally, I've been involved with this organization for many years, uh, 20 plus years at this point, uh, as both a board member and loan committee member. So with me today is David Cayley, who is the president and CEO of the Progress Fund, to tell us a little bit about the organization, some of the great things they're doing, and their particularly unique market niche. Welcome, Dave. How are you? Hi, Dave. Nice to be here and uh, nice to talk to everybody else that's listening. Great. Great. So um, let's first of all just talk about who the Progress Fund is, how it operates, how it's organized, what it's brief history is. So can you kind of give us the background? Sure. Well, after 26 years, it's a little hard to be brief. <laughs> but uh, just like um, I'll start with what we aren't, which is Enterprise Bank is a bank. We're not a bank, but uh, we do the same thing. We find great businesses and we lend money to them. Uh, we do that from the status as a nonprofit corporation. Why the heck did we do this? Uh, 25, 26 years ago, when I helped to write the business plan and was one of the co-founders, the other co-founder, Karen Post, is still there at the helm with me. We were looking for ways to change the economic opportunities within small communities in western Pennsylvania, predominantly around the Laurel Highlands, and uh, noticed that there were opportunities galore in outdoor recreational activities, small towns, shops, restaurants, little inns, but they weren't really being supported by the banking community at that time. It's different now, enterprise, you know, you guys have been doing that, but the small regionals, the small town banks didn't see those as opportunities. And we stepped in because we knew those were going to change the region. Mm -hmm. And over 25, 26 years now, that has, ha that's happening. Uh, we've been kind, uh, we've become really an example of what's possible. So, you know, you talked about the business plan um, and you mentioned Karen Post. So uh, you and Karen, your CFO, were the co-founders yep. uh, of the Progress Fund. What were your respective backgrounds that kind of brought you to the place where, you know, this business plan made sense? Well, um, when we started it, um, Karen was working as a federal contract agency for a federal agency uh, um, supported by Congressman Murtha. Uh, Murtha, you know, uh, very powerful guy, and he got uh, monies to come into Laurel Highlands to take advantage of, they called it heritage development at the time. They built museums, they built places like um, uh, Fort Necessity and uh, Horseshoe Curve, trying to bring people into the region. And what they thought is having these national parks would bring people an economic development flow. But the truth is, unless there's cash registers to extract the money from the visitors, there isn't economic development. And that's where I came in. I came back from living in Seattle. Uh, I was previously a Pittsburgher, came back home here and said, we're missing those small towns, which I had seen in the Seattle market. And so, um, we needed to see him, and I was charged with trying to find out why we didn't have as many of those small businesses. Didn't take long walking around talking about 30 or 40 businesses and also talking to bankers. The bankers admitted, we don't want to lend to those things. They're too peculiar. We don't know the market. 
The small businesses said, we can't get a loan. So Karen and I started a bank, a nonprofit bank. And how, how, do, you, how do you fund something like that? I mean, how, you know, how did you get it off the ground? I call it my day job. We uh, went out to three major sources of funding uh, in, in buckets. One was government. Uh, the other was basically the uh, banking community. And the third was others. So when you go to the government, you go to the feds and you mm-hmm. go to the state. Uh, that's where most of our money came from. The, uh, the term of art for the kind of nonprofit we are is called a CDFI, a Community Development Financial Institution. And if you plug the two together, community development, financial institution, that's what we are. It's all about community development, all about finances. So they have a special fund, and we yearly go after that funding. Um, then there are special uh, agencies that want to see small-town growth, and that would be like USDA or the Appalachian Regional Commission, uh, the Small Business Administration. So we're you know always asking the feds for money. And then in the state of Pennsylvania, we're really blessed. We have a you know uh, progressive business um, infrastructure uh, at DCED, which is the Department of Community and Economic Development. Right. They don't have the money that they used to have, and that is one of my bones. I wish you know our politicians would give them more money because they do so so many good things. But they provide us funding, um, and that takes care of the government part. Uh, we then go to people uh, in the banking community. That's another bucket. I apologize for who I forget who we don't have through, but uh, Tri-State, PNC, uh, AmeriServe, uh, First Commonwealth. Uh, these are banks that have lent us money at below market rates, at reasonable rates for long term that we're able to then relend. So we're a borrower too. Um, and then we go out to others and that'd be all sorts of different folks. Um, one was Presbyterian church, hmm. um, and some nationals. So, um, that's how we put it together. And, and you work with a lot of the philanthropic organizations too, locally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I should have talked about that bucket also. So that bucket includes, um, RK Mellon foundation, which has been a huge supporter of ours over time. Um, and both, for our lending and some of our real estate development stuff, which I'll get into later. Uh, we recently got a grant for 200000 from Hillman's. Uh, Benetum has been a long, long-term supporter from the very beginning. Um, actually provided Benetum the first grant that we got probably 22 years ago for lending. Of course, Heinz has been in there and Allegheny Foundation. So the big players, the big foundations have all been you know, supportive. And again, if I missed anybody... Apologize. There's over 40 people that have provided us, 40 organizations that have provided us funds. Excellent, excellent. So, you know, getting back to you know, what what I saw when I first started working with you all um, 20 plus years ago, is you guys, uh, uh, the fund has a niche that is not normally associated with um, CDFIs or economic development. A lot of those programs are focused, you know, in urban areas or plighted business districts, you guys, because of the focus on, uh, on um, tourism and recreation, you are in the rural markets, which not too many of uh, these organizations and a lot of this money doesn't get put into play as well. 
Yeah, we, we are, and we've been successful on it and have gotten national recognition for it. Uh, won a huge award called the Next Award about a decade ago for what we were doing in rural communities because we were doing it and we were successful and we've been copied. Um, what, what Innovation is a key part of what we do, and the reason I say that is, okay, how big are we? Um, this year we'll have done over a hundred million in loans to small businesses. So a hundred million is a lot, uh, but it's also not a lot if you're a big bank. So we've always tried to show others the paths of possibility with the money that we have. So we're not an all comer lender. We'll look at a project and say, we think that this project will have a benefit to that business owner, but also will, um, be replicable somewhere else and reverberate throughout the community. So for instance, uh, the second distillery that was ever done in the state of Pennsylvania, we did it. And that was Boyd and Blair some almost 15 years ago. Um, we did some of the first loans to trail businesses along the great Allegheny passage, very rural. What the heck do you do out there if you're in a little town like West Newton? Well, you become friendly to all the bicycle riders and you invite them to stay overnight and eat in your restaurants. So we were lending money when the Great Allegheny Passage was not yet done. Um, we, so we've always been trying to say, we see an opportunity, we're going to lend to it, we're going to be ahead of everybody else, and we're going to show the path. And uh, that's where we lie. So you mentioned um, specifically West Newton. You guys had a specific focus on trail towns for a period of time, yeah. right? Um, so what were some of the kinds of businesses that you would finance, you know, in a community like that that relies on, in that case, a, a major bike trail for for its uh, economic generation? Great question. So um, up to 2007, we were doing what I would call reactionary lending. People would come to us need a loan, we'd lend them money. When the trail came around, um, and even before 2007, we looked and said, you know, where we're lending, things are changing. For instance, we did 20 loans in downtown Bedford because we knew Bedford was a cool place, cool place to visit, a lot of people know it. But all that lending, we saw the synergies of all the businesses we were lending to and said, hey, we're actually creating... Um, ripple effects beyond just the loans we made. And so we started changing, as you know, as a board member, we looked at our strategic plan and say, let's be more um, conscious and also directive of where we put our money. So the Great Allegheny Passage was being built, wasn't finished. Um, the trail organization involved said, we're having troubles because people are now coming and there's no place to stay, there's no place to eat, and we can't get between towns if somebody has a broken bike. So, you know, what do you do? So we started what's called the Trail Town Program. It was our conscious effort to hire staff and work in the communities and do multiple investments. So we went out to riders that were on their bikes and said, what did you miss? How was the trip? What couldn't you do? And what they said is, well, we, went, we wanted a nicer place to eat. We wanted a nicer hotel. We needed... Uh, multiple rooms in one place. Uh, we wanted a shuttle van. Uh, we wanted a little retail, and we wanted maybe to have a nice beer afterwards. So guess what? <laughs> we had a list. We said in every town, 
you know, if somebody shows up and wants to take one of those type of businesses, we'll fund money because we wanted to see all those within the seven towns. And what was funny over time uh, to learn was that bicyclists would ride 50 miles. But once we started having facilities every 20, 25 miles, they would only run 25 (laughs) or ride 25. So the more we gave them places to spend money, the more they stopped and spent money. Excellent. And that was in multiple uh, towns you made those types of investments. So Confluence um, was another one where there's a lot, Ohio Pile, um, you know, these are towns that were, you know, ripe for people wanting to stop. They just needed the right businesses that people could stop and spend their money in. You know, at your core, you're a lending organization, small business lender, but you do a lot more than that uh, in terms of, you know, technical assistance and mentoring for small business. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, what we do is customized technical assistance. And what we really do is every business that has come to us, and we've lent over 600 now, they're all different. Everyone, either the owner has certain skills and not some, is not as strong on others, uh, or wants to learn something, or maybe wants to talk to somebody that we know. So every borrower we treat and we look at them and say, okay, what do you know and what don't you know? Some show up with a crackerjack business plan but had never gone after financing. Others, it's their fourth business, but they've never really done a plan. So we'll sit down with them um, and go over what they need. And if we can provide some advice, we can. And we've done now, don't have the number in mind, but about 15 uh, uh, breweries. We know a lot about breweries. I was going to get into that <laughs> yeah. conversation with you. <laughs> yeah, so we know their numbers. Uh, we've talked to a lot. So we're able to say, hey, you know, those projections you have for that first year, that might be a little strong. Uh, and here's where you need to be for distribution. And have you thought about this competition? So this gaining industry knowledge because of the niche you guys are in. That's what we do. So we don't, you don't come take a class. It's we spend time with them and provide what they want. And, you know, uh, what's really unique about the the fund is, you know, from a lending capability side, you guys will do the smallest of small and you'll get into even some, you know, some relatively larger size businesses. Can you talk about that? Yeah, the um, the average size loan we do is one hundred and fifty eight thousand. That's over 26 years. Um, Which is a lot lower than most commercial banks are going to be, because, again, you guys are niched and focused on mission, right. not just, you know, yeah, and, loan size. Right. Uh, so we're not really looking at as efficiency in the organization so much. We're looking about getting that business started. Uh, the smallest loan we've ever done, I think, is $2,500. <laughs> uh, and I'll get in trouble for saying this, but we did it in a day of uh, 24 hours because it was an existing customer. They had a pizza oven that failed. It was in the height of the summer. They needed another pizza uh, oven. So we did a loan like that uh, because we knew them. uh, That's the smallest. But typical loan that we want to work with is $50,000 because um, the cost of doing business for them and um, some of the uh, underwriting we do, that works. But we've done up to $2.5 million, um, and we've been involved in bigger projects because of Enterprise Bank. So um, I think, you know, I want to talk about that relationship, if you don't mind. Sure. 
So uh, what we learned over time was Enterprise and the Progress Fund were kind of similar in certain ways. Philosophy-wise, yeah. yes. We kind of meet in the middle. You're mm-hmm. a for-profit working for that direction. We're a nonprofit working towards a mission, but we both are lenders. And we both want our businesses to be successful. I need them to be successful so they get to jobs and long-term economic development. You need them to do that, but also to pay you back. Right. We want them paid back. So, but philosophically, we're together in saying, let's find these great businesses and help them prosper. Um, so what we do is we'll get somebody to come to us because they've heard we'll do something and we'll go, whoa, that's a little bit too big for us. We'll come to Enterprise and your team has underwritten it and we'll take a slice of it. Similarly, you've been kind enough to send us some businesses and say, hey, do you want to invest in this one? And we go, hey, it meets, it meets all our mission criteria. We'll help it happen. And, and from the bank side, and this isn't just an enterprise bank specific thing. I mean, any banker out there, a bank out there um, that, you know, sees a good deal. But we always look at it like where, what business could benefit from the additional technical assistance and market knowledge um, and network that the Progress Fund has. And that's an enhancement to the success potential success of that business owner. So we don't see it just as a way to mitigate our exposure or our credit risk, but as an enhancement to the viability of the business, because we know how hands-on you all are. And you can do things that a bank can't do in terms of doing the hand-holding for business. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say we're an unregulated agency, yeah. and we can do things that a bank can't do. We can do things... Well, that's why we're innovator. It would be silly for us to be a nonprofit bank and do things exactly like a bank. We yeah. need to be different. Um, so uh, that creativity is kind of baked in. And to any bankers that are listening, uh, the other thing we do is we're not competition. We, what we don't do is we don't do merchant services. We don't take people's car loans, insurance. Don't do deposits. We don't do deposits, nothing. And, yeah. and basically what we're doing is providing credit for that one project. So we're not, uh, if you have a favorite client and you can't do a deal inside the bank, but you don't want to lose that relationship, we're an option because we're just going to do that one deal. Yeah. Um, and and right now in the interest rate environment we're in, and I've said this at your our board meetings yeah. for the Progress Fund for for probably a year or so now, with the funding mechanisms that you have in place, which aren't necessarily interest rate sensitive like a bank funding would be, you're able to offer some very attractive rates in the marketplace right now. Whereas a lot of people think, well, if I have to go to an an entity other than a bank, it's going to cost me more. In this case, it's not. Yeah. Um, I got a credit card application in the mail the other day at 29.95%. <laughs> I almost fell over. It reminded me of the 70s and 80s. But um, our interest rates, I'm going to start a number, and just so people are listening, it's 5. 5.85 is what we're writing loans right now. And that's unbelievable rate in the commercial environment today based on you know what yeah. bank rates are. Yeah. Well, that's because our funding, as you point out, is different than what the banks have to go out in the open market. Yeah, yeah. We've assembled enough money uh, over time, and our purpose is uh, we need to we live off our interest earnings, um, but that that pays for what we need to do, and also gives the borrower 
profit incentive. The more we would jack up the interest rate on these small businesses, the less profitable they are. We want them to be profitable and happy and and uh, keep at it so that they pay us back and work, you know, come back. But 5.85, and this is, uh, what's this? This is the 10th of July, 2023. Pretty unheard of. Yes, yes, definitely. So, you know, the other side of what you guys do is it's cool. It's fun. <laughs> I mean, the types of projects yeah. that you do. Can you give me, give us just, uh, our listeners and viewers, just kind of a smattering of some of the cool projects you guys have done over the years? Well, uh, I mentioned Boyd and Blair. It was the yeah. second distillery in Pennsylvania after uh, Blue Coat. Um, we did that. Um, uh, bicycle shops, uh, kayak uh, uh, rentals, kayak uh, sales. Uh, done some outfitters and outfitters. Uh, we've done uh, flight seeing. You can go down to uh, New River Gorge and fly in an airplane over. Uh, New River Gorge, and that's a loan from the Progress Fund. Uh, multiple restaurants. Uh, Eastwood Inn, which is on uh, behind me here, uh, two businesses that they have. Uh, they're out in Ligonier, and uh, what they are is there's a beautiful steakhouse. It was a speakeasy. And then they recently opened up uh, a, a quick stop on the uh, thirty which is pretty cool. And then behind me is Millie's Ice Cream, which we helped them initially get started with uh, their first expansion. Uh, who doesn't like ice cream? Campgrounds. Campgrounds. Yeah. You can go stay in a campground. Lots you of bed and breakfasts. Tons of bed and breakfasts throughout the Laurel Highlands, cabins, um, Savage River Lodge, which is down in Maryland, which has both yurts and um, uh, these beautiful cabins. Uh, we lent them money because uh, they needed uh, solar power. Uh, did another solar power project in Confluence. Um, we've done taxidermists for Pennsylvania <laughs> hunters. Uh, so it just wildlife it's a parks. We did a <laughs> did a wildlife park. Yeah, yeah, and uh, also with you guys, we did uh, what's the name of the uh, animal park up in. Uh, Living Treasures. Living and, Treasures. And Keystone Safari. Yeah. Yeah. So we did two of those. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's fun to have a job that you can go do these creative loans. Yeah. Well, you mentioned uh, a couple of businesses like in Maryland. Can you talk about, you know, where you guys land and, and where you provide service? And then, right. you know, I also want to touch on the fact that even though the organization started uh, primarily focused on rural areas, that's not the case anymore. Yeah. Just exclusively so. Okay, so where do we... We have a footprint. It's big. Uh, the footprint covers Western Pennsylvania. And when I say Western, I'm like, cut a line right through State College and head West from New York border to Maryland, uh, stopping in Ohio. That's Western PA. Uh, then go down into Northern West Virginia. Uh, I mentioned the New River Gorge before. So we kind of stay North mm -hmm. of that uh, and hit the panhandle of West Virginia out to the east, and then what I call is Mountain Maryland, which is Hagerstown West. Mm -hmm. And those, if you think of that area, it's northern Appalachia. Um, it's rural predominantly. Now, they call Pittsburgh the capital of Appalachia uh, because- <laughs> uh, Never heard that one. Yeah, because it's the biggest city in, in, in Appalachia. Um, but it is- uh, we're so integrated in these, this region that Pittsburgh is um, unmistakably important. 
many of the foundations that I mentioned earlier that are B- Pittsburgh-based uh, work in the region. So they've provided us funding. Um, but most of the work we do, about 80% of the loans, are in southwestern PA. So um, Laurel Highlands, uh, around the city. And we'd been lending around the city because we were focused rural. Then we realized that the kind of things we were doing in rural areas, lending the cool coffee shops uh, and bike shops, they're in Pittsburgh, they're in the communities, they're in the neighborhoods, uh, and these are lifestyle businesses. So we basically do those same kind of loans that we've been doing in rural areas, but in the city of Pittsburgh. Um, so about now 40% of our loans are within, I'll call it the city of Pittsburgh, but greater Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, just not the city, but the neighborhoods that we all think of when we think of Pittsburgh. And one of those uh, major projects that is kicking off here soon in Pittsburgh, um, which has been your personal pet project for going on, what, three years now? <laughs> uh, five years. <laughs> five years. Um, which I think is really cool, and I think our listeners will find really cool. And we talked a few minutes ago about the, the Progress Fund's experience and prowess in lending to breweries. So uh, let's tell our viewers and listeners a little about, about the Hazelwood Brewery Project. Okay. So Hazelwood Brewery Project is in the neighborhood of Hazelwood. And for those that don't can't put it quickly on a map, think of uh, the south side of Pittsburgh, and then think about the Mon River and go upstream. Um, so the Hot Metal Bridge, uh, and then just uh, upriver from that is the Hazelwood Green Project, which is the big foundations came together and bought, I think, 80 acres, or it's over 100 acres, and are making it as new home for technology. Uh, Uber had a test track there, still does. Um, you see parts of it as you drive uh, past the, what we used to call the sand pile. So uh, great community, nice people, uh, but it seemed that all the development that's going on in cool places like Lawrenceville and Etten and Sharpsburg were passing its by, uh, or passing by Hazelwood. So the foundation community d- was doing all this work in Hazelwood Green said, well, we want some of that to spill over into the community of Hazelwood, but there wasn't a lot going on. And so the Progress Fund opened its proverbial stupid mouth and said, well, that's... <laughs> Would, let's see if we can innovate and do something fun there. About the same time, uh, a brewer came and approached us and said, we want to open a brewery in Hazelwood in the neighborhood. So we started working with him. We started walking around town with him, trying to find a location. And the location he wanted, the neighborhood didn't want. He was concerned that um, he wasn't wanted in the neighborhood. And they said, no, 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 no. We want you in the neighborhood. We just don't want you to buy that building. Let's find you one. So with the Hazelwood Initiative, another nonprofit, we found a building and looked at it, and he said, that'd be perfect. The problem is it's too big. But it was a great idea, and so the Progress Fund held its hand up and said, we're going to do this project. We're going to do this brewery in, in uh, Hazelwood, but we're going to do it a little different. We want it to be a destination, so we're going to redevelop this building, and we're going to put three independent brewers in one building, one place in Hazelwood and make it a destination. And so why did this take five years? Well, we had to acquire 10 properties. We had to seek funding. We had to deal with COVID. 
And so over that time, uh, th- this has been happening with the board's approval and the foundation community supporting it. R.K. Mellon provided a ton of the financing and also the, how should I say, the moral support behind it to know that we could do it. So this September, which is what everybody wants to know, when Man. can I buy a beer there? And it's September. So the three brewers, uh, they've all they've signed their leases. One is Abstract. Uh, one is New France and the other is Bonafide. They've all ordered equipment uh, with loans from the Progress Fund to buy all their equipment. It's on the way. It's supposed to show up uh, in August, part of July. Matter of fact, forklift is showing up tomorrow <laughs> so that it's there before the equipment shows up. And uh, so these three brewers will operate together commonly. Uh, they're all friends uh, in one building that will have a rooftop seating that has a beautiful view out over the Hazelwood Green. You can see the Cathedral Learning up and down the Mon. Uh, the third floor, three uh, the three brewers each will have their own tap space. And then on the ground floor where they're making their beer, they also have access to a huge, called a beer garden, outside seating, and they'll have bars there. And so beautiful site. Uh, we've been working on it. Um, Soda Construction was the construction company that helped us, used some great architects uh, here in the Pittsburgh area, and uh, we're about to open. So uh, Can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be really, gonna be great. really cool. So why the heck did the Progress Fund do this? Well, in these communities that we've worked, we've wanted to see some things happen a little faster than, the non, than some businesses could come in. Business needs to have market, right? And we won't lend them money unless there's market. So, but we want certain places to turn to start to... So you create the market. So we create the market. So we take the chance as a nonprofit that you could. Who's going to go in and do a three-brewery chance in Hazelwood? It's too much. But foundation community, and we want to see in the community, uh, even targeted in their... um, their own uh, neighborhood plan that they wanted to see breweries. So we're making it happen and we can do that as a nonprofit. So September, we have a date yet? Uh, yes, yeah, September, <laughs> <laughs> 2023. No, but I mean, this is, this is kind of a hallmark project for you all. Yeah. And, and yeah. again, you had developed, I saw it at the board level, you developed the not enough expertise in lending to the craft beer industry that you also had the, you had the background and understanding uh, of, of who the right tenants were and what the right metrics you would make the right environment for them to thrive. Yeah. Well, and also we had the expertise, uh, as I mentioned, Karen Post, who's the CFO, had done some personal real estate stuff in her life. Yeah. Uh, I moved to Pittsburgh in 1980 to work for Pittsburgh History and Landmarks Foundation, which was developing Station Square. And at the time, that was new age stuff. That was the first riverfront uh, mixed-use development in the city. And I worked there as property manager uh, and uh, moved to Seattle, was involved with real estate there also. And then the Progress Fund did some smaller projects uh, in West Newton, et cetera, where we bought property and developed it. So it wasn't just jumping into this project. We had experience and we did multiple projects with R.K. Mellon uh, to turn towns and it had some impact. Uh, so we just, we kind of had to go bigger in Pittsburgh <laughs> because Pittsburgh's 
bigger. Yeah, got it, got it. Well, that's that's great value add to, for even your small business clients as you guys also have that development real estate market um, development type background that can help them. Yeah. So um, all good information. Um, so if I'm a, a small aspiring small business owner or even an existing small business owner, how do I find out more about the Progress Fund and get in touch? We're, uh, we're a phone call or the website away and from the Shameless Commerce Division <laughs> of the Progress Fund. There is our website. There's our phone number. Uh, give us a call. And that phone number for the office in Greensburg is 724-216-9160. And the website, it's all those W's, dot progressfund dot org. You guys have offices in both Greensburg and Carnegie. Yeah, now, the, right? our galactic headquarters is in Greensburg, and uh, yeah, we have a lender also in Carnegie. And uh, but we go where the people are. Uh, we don't make people come to us. Excellent. Thanks so much for the info. Really excited about the Hazelwood Brewery project coming up. Uh, and again, for any of our listeners. Um, the Progress Fund is, a, is a, a very valuable resource, particularly when you're in any of those industries uh, surrounding recreation or uh, tourism or hospitality. Uh, if you have any suggestions uh, for future episodes of Inside the Vault or any specific questions, you can email us at insidethevault at enterprisebankpgh.com. And you can check us out on all the major podcast platforms and audio format and in video format on YouTube. David, thank you very much. Been a pleasure. And thank you all for listening. Mm.